Hey friends, and welcome to a brand new year of Mediavine On Air, the podcast for content creators. I'm your host, Jenny Guy, and let's do a quick check-in. How is your year so far? Are you keeping all those resolutions? Do you even make resolutions? At the beginning of a new year, it's hard to go anywhere without being accosted by messaging around fresh starts, new goals, fitness, and on and on. Well, I'm going to just release that from you because we are not here for that. As far as we're concerned, carbs taste delicious and you already look amazing. But how about new goals when it comes to your business? Do you do goal setting at the beginning of the new year, planning out where you want to be in 2022 and beyond? If going full-time with your website is on your checklist, then this episode is for you. Since 2005, the inspirational Allison Gary provides real-life style advice for grown-ass women on her site, Wardrobe Oxygen, and she joined me on Teal Talk a couple of years ago to talk about her journey from the corporate world to making a full-time living from her website. We discussed this sometimes challenging transition as well as strategies for balancing your real life with being real with your audience. If you'd like more from Allison, and let's face it, who wouldn't? Check out our links in the show notes. And if you'd like more free educational content to enhance your business, subscribe to On Air and find Mediavine on all of our other channels, also linked in the show notes. Let's get to Allison. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation, from SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your On Air host, Media Vines Jenny Guy. This is Teal Talk. I am Media Vines Marketing Manager Jenny Guy, and we are so excited to be back with you for another Thursday installment of our series. I am thrilled to be introducing you to Allison Gary. She is my guest this week. She is the owner and founder of the blog Wardrobe Oxygen. She is an essential resource for any woman who is wanting to up their wardrobe game and their get themselves to the next level without spending an arm and a leg. Allison, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited so, to be here. <laughs> we're so thrilled to have you. And of course, you look fabulous. Naturally, I knew that I was going to have to up my game a little bit. I'm wearing a flannel shirt, but I thought that I would need to um, up my game a bit, do some makeup. I knew you'd look oh, wonderful. Yeah. So you look fabulous. Allison, tell us a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit about your site. Talk to us about your your audience mm-hmm. and how you've evolved from, you, to- you told me a little bit before the broadcast about how you went from where you began to here. Well, I had a desk job and this was in 2005 and I was hired for a specific contract and the contract hadn't been signed yet. So my new boss was like, just look busy until we get the contract. And I had seen something on like Dateline or 60 Minutes or something about blogging because it was the hot new thing. And I was like, oh, that'll make me look busy at work. And I had several years under my belt working in apparel as a personal shopper, as a visual merchandiser. And so I decided to write about what I knew really well. And it started getting traction and I started getting followers and it kind of grew from there. And now it has been, yeah, since 2005. So we're going on my 14th year with Wardrobe Oxygen. Now it's really kind of evolved as I've evolved over the years and it's real life fashion advice for grown women. So it's ways to live a stylish life regardless of your budget for every body size, every shape, every age, every lifestyle, and every personal style. That's an awesome, empowering mission statement for a blog. I love to hear that. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And so the reason why, other than the fact that you're wonderful, that we have you on this this broadcast today is to talk about going full-time with your blog, which is something you just very recently did. Mm -hmm. You were telling me 
So, so I know that there are a lot of people out there who want to hear how this happened, why this happened, when they're ready to do it. And I know it's got to be a personal decision for each person. So I know that you said that you had originally had multiple blogs, correct? And you combined them. That's right. I started way in the beginning with what is wardrobe oxygen now and a personal blog and got rid of the personal blog when the other blog started gaining traction. Mm -hmm. Then I went with another outfit of the day blog. And then when I had my daughter, when I got pregnant, I started a baby blog. So I had three blogs that I was managing and all three of them were monetized with ads and sponsor posts. And it, especially after having a child, it was just, it was too much. And I was ready to throw in the towel. And I had a friend who said, well, why don't you just merge them into one blog? Wouldn't that be easier? And I was like, light bulb went off. I never could figure out on my own. I was like, oh, duh. So I Googled how to do that. And I was able to, I ended up shuttering my baby blog and I merged the other two blogs because the content was so similar Mm -hmm. into one, which is what wardrobe oxygen is today. But when I decided to do that, I thought about it and said, well, I'm taking all this time away from my family. If I'm going to do it, it needs to be worth it. It needs to be a job. Financially bring something to my family. If I'm going to take time away from my family, I need to have value for it. And that's when I really took it seriously from being a hobby blog where I got, oh, cool, a free sweater. Oh, a couple dollars from ad revenue to something where I really actively looked for ways to create great content, but also make money off of it at the same time. So when did that occur and how did that occur? How did you go from something that was your fun to, and and we all get it. We have limited amount of time, limited amount of resources. And if you're going to invest in something, you want to get that return on your investment. So tell us how that happened. Well, I started looking at a lot of my peers and see what they were doing on their blogs. Oh, they had some ads. Well, what ad network is it? I mean, that's how I found Mediavine. <laughs> and um, I saw that they had sponsor posts. Well, who was the company that was sponsoring it? Oh, it was an influencer network. Let me sign up for that influencer network. I started joining Facebook groups and Googling information on how to monetize a site and started creating relationships with other bloggers too, because prior to that, I was a complete island just doing my own thing, you know, but I started finding people that I could trust and that could trust me. And we started learning from one another. And that really just looking for ways to constantly learn and constantly improve the site. And it worked. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's such, such a common thing. I've heard so many different teal talks where people talk about finding your tribe and how that is such an essential step in moving forward with of successful and sustainable business is finding those people who you really can use for last week. I I need to go back. I haven't seen it and it's been a week or two. I love some of your posts are some of my very favorites that we've had. I loved, we did, um, we actually, can we share that? Can we share our uh, interview that we did with Allison um, in the, in the comments, we did a great interview and she talked about some of her favorite posts and I absolutely fell in love with your uh, women's March post. I thought it was so inspirational. Can you talk a little bit about that post and how that changed your trajectory a bit? That was that was a big change for my blog. And it was my assistant at the time, Jessica. We went to coffee and she was like, you know what you should do? You should write a post about because you always talk about like what to wear here, what to wear there. How about what to wear to a protest march in the winter? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So thank you, Jessica. You are amazing. Um, 
And so I wrote it and it went viral. Uh, as I was just telling you earlier, Cindy Gallup shared it. Um, all the different Women's March Facebook groups shared it. It just kind of had a life of its own. And so I constantly kept updating it as we learned more about the weather, as we learned about more what was allowed and not allowed um, to take there. So I added maps and everything so that it could constantly be a living resource. And the comments were amazing where people were offering their advice as well. People were connecting with one another. It was amazing and it brought a ton of traffic to my site and a good percentage of that traffic stayed with Wardrobe Oxygen, which was awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. It's such an, it's such an inspirational thing. Okay, so you went full-time with your blog. When did you go full-time? November, 2017. So it's been a little bit over a year. Yes. Okay, tell us about the journey to going full-time and what led you to that decision, please. Well, for a couple years, I was thinking, I, this is what I really want to do. This is, I mean, my job was great. I worked for a great company, but it wasn't my passion. And this is what I really wanted to do. And as I kept moving up the ladder at my job and my blog kept growing, it got to be a lot. I was spending my entire life on a computer, either at my office or at home. Yeah. And really almost got to a breaking point where I had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And then at my job, and I kept making all these rules like, well, if I make more on my blog this year than I do on my job, I'll quit. If right. I have six months making at least this much money, I'll quit. If I have this much in the bank, I'll quit. And I made all those and I just kept going because I was scared. And yeah. then there was a lot of um, restructuring at my job and it didn't affect my position, but it affected the position of many people that I had known because I had been there almost a decade. And then just one day I was having my weekly one-on-one with my supervisor who was an amazing woman. And we were talking about somebody who had been laid off that I was really close to. And she said, well, I think every job just has an expiration date, you know, and you just know it and it's time to move on. And it's just a light bulb hit. And I said, yep, today is mine. And she was like, what? And even I was like, what? What did I just say? But it, just, it happened and I gave three weeks notice and became full time. That's amazing. I love that you had that moment happen and it was so crystal clear to you. I am often so I, I don't I don't like to be envious or jealous, but I I I covet those moments of such clarity where people just go, I knew and then I knew. And I just I love that. It's such a great thing to hear. So what are the crucial steps that gave you the confidence? You said that you had set all these benchmarks for yourself that you that I'm sure gave you whether or not it gave you the 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 actual impetus to make the leap, it had to have filled you with confidence that you'd set these financial benchmarks, right? Yes, my husband and I just, in general, we wanted to live a smaller life. Um, we didn't want to have to be, you know, we didn't want to be house poor, we didn't want to be car poor. So we had looked for different ways that we could live a smaller life. So we had paid off our house, we had paid off our car, we had saved up in our money, we had started, um, IRAs on our own, you know, things like that, so that we felt as though we were more secure. So I didn't kind of like run blind into it. I definitely made some preparations and I sat there and thought, okay, if this doesn't work, I have to have a year's worth of, you know, I have enough that I can go for a year. And if it doesn't work, I have to go begging to my old coworkers and my old colleagues to find a new, another job in corporate America. But I set it up so that I had a year to try it and see what happened. Okay. And in a year and it worked. <laughs>
That's awesome. We're so glad to hear it. You and, and so you said you mentioned some of those items that you had to put into place, and some of them were financial, and you said some of them were paying off your job, and then you mentioned IRA. How long did it take you to get all of those things into place before you? Well, we kind of started when my daughter was born, and she's ten. So that okay. was kind of really when we started having the conversation of we don't want to have to be, you know slaves to our job. My husband wanted to be, we wanted one of us to be a stay-at-home parent and that's kind of what started it. Okay. And so he became the stay-at-home parent because I really liked my job and I had better benefits. So that's when it, that was kind of like the impetus to get things started. And then a year later is when I started making the blog a monetized, a truly a monetized blog. And so it just kind of just snowballed from there. So we just saw, you know, it just kept going that way. And then I highly recommend get a good accountant that understands blogging and my accountant really helped with figuring out ways that I could save money and do different things so that it, we'd be in a better financial situation. Can you recommend a good place to look for a great accountant that understands blogging? We, we've had we've had a great accountant on and I think we can share. Um, let's share our blog post with Amy Northard, who who was our accountant that we had accountant for creatives that came on and talked with us. It's so important, though, to have those key people in place that do understand where we're coming from, because it's such a different beast than so many other things. But how did you find yours? A uh, friend, actually, uh, one of my husband's yoga students said oh. that she loved the um, the accountant. And his name is Paul. And I wrote a blog post about him. I had him write a guest blog post last year about, like, taxes for bloggers, you know, what to know. Um, but he's helped a couple all over the country. And he's he's great. So, so great I, to hear. So I have to ask the uh, somewhat uh, self-reflective question for Mediavine. Did Mediavine play a role? Because you've been with us for how long now? I This is my third year. Okay, so you've been almost since the beginning. You were one of our, our close to our beginning bloggers. So tell us if Mediavine had any role in helping you to, to have the confidence to make the jump to full-time. It really did because my traffic general stays the same. It's not like it's going to drop a ton or if anything, it'll just increase. So it provided a pretty reliable monthly income and it's enough that it covers everything so that we can live. <laughs> so it covers all of our bills and everything so that I have that security that I know that if gosh knows what happens, you know, with all my other streams of revenue, at least I have Mediavine every month to cover my bills. And I was telling you earlier about it that what I love about Mediavine is as a fashion blogger, a lot of your money comes from sponsor posts and that's doing a lot of pitching and following up and that sort of thing. And a lot of times I did sponsor posts that I don't feel that good about because they were like brands I didn't know or just didn't fit with my niche. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do those anymore because I have Mediavine. So I can be way more picky with what brands I partner with. And my, my readers love it because I'm not having a sponsor post every other day. So it, it really has helped me. That's such a great thing to hear. And we love to hear that that gives you freedom to write about the things that you want to write about and really mm -hmm. do post like what to wear to a women's march in the winter. Right. Like we exactly. love that you don't have to, you don't have to rely on sponsored income for that. And that you can actually work with the brands that you authentically love as opposed to, I have to work with this brand because we get it. you got to pay bills. I mean, right. we all understand that and nobody's going to begrudge that. So I think that um, it's so great to hear that you, that Mediavine played a role in, in helping you to uh, find a little more freedom with that. So we love hearing that. So, okay, 
how are things, let's talk about it. You, you made the jump, you made the leap. And I, I just from talking to you for these last, you know, 20, 30 minutes, it feels like you're a person that's very motivated and very structured. And you have, you have a list of things that you like to do. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in guessing that? I love to think I am. Okay. Well, then we'll, just, we'll let, we'll let that go. That is what it is. That is what it is in my mind. And that is what it is in, in practice today. So if being that motivated person who likes to have goals set and everything, we always hear people say that are sharing their time between different. And even if they're not, if only I had more time, if only I were able to X, Y, Z, if only I didn't have to do this, I would be able to focus on this. So when you made the leap to full-time and you left your corporate job, what were those things that you immediately took up and spent more time on? I would say the photography, because when you're a fashion blogger, photography is so imperative. Well, in so many niches, it's so imperative. And it gave us the time that a lot of times my photo shoots were like, let's shoot three or four outfits on a Sunday afternoon and secure a babysitter and all that kind of stuff. And you really just kind of shoved it all together. And a lot of the pictures were taken on the street outside my house. And so now we have the time because my husband works from home also is that we can schedule shoots and we can go to way better locations. We can take more time with it. Um, I can plan out the outfits better. I can steam the clothes, you know, things where I can just provide a higher quality post because I have higher quality photos for it. That was definitely my number one thing that I wanted to be able to accomplish when I went full time. And have you felt like that's been a a significant change and it's it's worked out for you? Yes, I, I think the pictures are better. I think the content is better. I've had readers say that they really appreciate it and they can see the difference. Um, brands like it. So it's it's been it's been worth it. So has that meant you've been able to market yourself even more effectively as a sponsored post author that you have these higher quality f- photos? I'm sure that that's a huge deal in the fashion niche. I can't imagine it would it be. Is. And I've been able to do really cool things too. Like for example, I um, do capsule wardrobes and I've always done just like a flat lay, find graphics on you know Google or websites and put them together. And now I shoot them on me. So we get the clothing from a brand and we can set up a studio in our living room and shoot me in all the outfits. So it kind of, that's one thing is like, you can see like a top and a skirt and everything on a white background and go, oh, okay, yeah, you can mix and match this way. But seeing it on a body makes it a lot easier to understand. And that's been really fun to be able to do since I went full time because it brings so much more value to posts that I'm best known for. That's awesome. And so you have taken time to go back and reshoot things and to... I haven't done from old posts, but going forward, I am doing that. And it's also a really great um, thing that I can offer to brands too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Brianne Lindsay says hi. And Lynn Hill says hi from Yorkshire in the UK. Oh, wow. Hi. Hi, Lynn. Good to see you. I should have asked you. Allison, where are you? I'm I'm right outside DC in um, Greenbelt, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good to know. Okay. So what unexpected struggles have you faced since going full time? Is what surprised you? What, what things did you think would be incredibly easy that were hard? And what things did you think that would be hard that ended up being incredibly easy? When I started, I felt like I needed to work the same amount of time that I did when I had my blog and my job. So I was like working myself to the bone and just feeling very frantic and it was good that it happened near the holidays <laughs> that I quit because I was like a frazzled mess. And then the holidays came and it forced me to slow down so I could spend yeah. time with my family. Mm-hmm. And it made me reassess everything. And 
turn it into this is my job now. I have one job. I learned to just take that schedule that I learned from working from home at my day job and use it for my blog. Okay, so it so you broke up a little bit in there. So I think that but but so you were saying that you you had to you went through the holidays, you learned and then it made you restructure and reorganize and say, I just have this one job. Correct. And just treat it like a job. And that was another thing that was hard because then I kind of went the other way where I was like, oh, I can take my daughter to school and I can pick her up and I can volunteer at school and I can do this. And oh, let me go have lunch with a friend in the middle of the day. And I was like, I can't get content done if I'm not working. So it really going back to treating this like an actual job and scheduling the time. And if I do go have lunch with a friend on a Wednesday at noon, I treat it the same way I did with my day job where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a longer lunch shift, but then I'm going to stay an extra hour at the desk. So I'm starting to, I do that. And that's the way that I can actually stay on track and have the content still coming and be, have it good content. That's good to hear. Okay. Helen says, how many sessions did you have when you were able to go full time? I don't remember. I if think it did. was like a hundred K I think about a hundred thousand sessions a month. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah, I think it was more than that, though, actually, at that, at the time that I went full, I mean, it, it's always kind of been around, it was, I think it was around 100, 125, something like that. And it was during Q4. So you were probably having some really good traffic at that point. So yeah, but I kind of started thinking about it before then. So if it was Q4, it was probably more than that. But that year, I know it was kind of on average about that. Okay, so about 125,000 sessions. They say thank you. Okay, Tara Jacobson says, Hi, Allison. How do you pick popular topics that you think will bring in lots of traffic? My readers really help me with that. I really encourage them to communicate with me by email and comments. I, we have a closed Facebook group, um, DMs on Instagram. And so I crowdsource from them. Like, what do they want to hear? Because a lot of times, if they want it, other women want it too. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. I also watch trends. So like, for example, my post tomorrow is based on what happened at the news this week. So I really try to see what kind of trends are happening, even if it has nothing to do with fashion, it usually does end up affecting fashion. So I try to follow that too. Can you give an example of that? How does it, how does it watching the news impact fashion and how do you tie those things together? Well, you see Nancy Pelosi in that beautiful pumpkin colored coat, you know, or you see all the women in white pants, white pantsuits at the state of the union, various things like that, that you'll see, or like, you know, the red carpet, what people are wearing. You're just like, Oh gosh, everybody's wearing this one color. Or, you know, I see this trend that celebrities are wearing a lot of this one thing or a movie that comes out that you're like, oh, okay, you know, like Crazy Rich Asians, you know, that's going to impact everybody. So things like that, I kind of follow what's going on in pop culture and in the news and see how it could affect fashion. Fantastic. Okay. So is there anything else that you thought would be really difficult that ended up being easy in terms of these unexpected struggles? What ended up being easy? I think, um, spending all day at home with my husband. I really was scared of that. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> but um, sure. we really have found a way that we can, we make it work. And one thing is I lock myself in my home office, but it we really have worked well together. And I think we've actually improved our systems for photo shoots and travel and the various things that we do together for the blog. And does your husband work on your blog with you? He is the photographer and he's, okay. I call him like my creative 
<laughs> consultant. So mm -hmm. um, he really helps me with that. And um, but it's mainly um, photography that he does. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And that's good to know that you guys are a team. Okay. They say you need to spend money to make money. So what are some of the best investments you've made for your blog? I hired people and I, it was very hard to do that. The probably the best money that I have spent in the past year or so is I hired a VA to handle my Pinterest. Um, every time I went into Pinterest, I'd go into a dark hole and three hours later, I found like recipes for no bake cookies and things like that. And I hadn't gotten any work done. And I love Pinterest and I get a ton of traffic from Pinterest. Yeah. So by hiring somebody to do it, I can focus on making the content that she pins for me. So that was that was a really, really good investment. And I have some um, women who work for me now, one who helps me with graphics because I I'm not good at it. And I would spend twice as long as what she could do to create the same thing that wouldn't even look as good. So I have her help me with that. And I have another woman who helps me by scheduling social media just so that I, again, I find myself going into a dark hole, down a rabbit hole when I get onto Facebook. So if she can schedule content on my behalf, that saves me time. Excellent. Okay. Well, good to know. Okay. So you think hiring, where do you find the people that you are going to hire? First time I went to my university that I went to because it's down the street. And a, a, one of my readers is also was in my sorority and at the same school. And she's like, you should reach out to the undergrads in the sorority because you know you can trust them because they're not going to, you know, screw your, over yeah, a just your money and run. Yeah, because we know where they are. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it, that would be good. And that was like the first assistant I ever got. She was amazing. And then I went to a couple Facebook groups that are made for VAs. And so I pitched there. I joined them and just said, hey, I'm looking for somebody who can help me with X, Y, and Z. And the DMs just started, you know, coming in with people that had offers. And then I could go through them, look at their websites, see what their strengths are. And from there, do a couple phone interviews and find somebody. But most recently, it's from my readers because they know my content, they know my voice, they know what I'm looking for. And that's the thing that I had a hard time with because I have such a very loyal audience and I don't wanna create generic content for them. So by having people who actually read the blog and love the blog, it's really helped to have a more authentic voice and content that fits. How fabulous, what a great resource for you. So may I ask what sorority you were in? I was an Alpha Chi Omega. Excellent. Kappa Alpha Theta over here. Good ah. to know. All right. So Tara Jacobson had another question. She said, it seems like your content might be time sensitive as the trends come and go. Do you have a ratio of evergreen versus timely posts or do you just do whatever comes to mind? And then I think she definitely had a question that came to her in the middle of her statement because she said, oh, 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 do you have an editorial calendar? Oh, I should have an editorial calendar. Everyone says I should have one. That is a goal for this year to kind of make one. Um, I really do write what comes to me and um, I make a list of it and I try. And then sometimes I kind of sit there and say, okay, well, this one would be better in the fall. This one would be better in the spring. So I do it of that sort, but usually it's what comes to me. And then I also, I do have a lot of evergreen content. My capsule wardrobes are pretty evergreen and are some of my most popular content. And I have one from 2011 that still is the most popular post on my site. And I try to write some just generic advice posts, like what hemline length for what shoe or what necklace to wear with what neckline, things of that sort that I know 
I would want to know. So I try to put those every so often. Um, pretty much I just try to do at least one capsule wardrobe a month because I think it's a really great way. It's trendy, but it's also a really great way to have people think of how they can get more style without buying so much. Um, because I think that's the biggest problem that people have is they just buy, buy, buy because it's on sale, it looks cool or whatever. And I'm really trying to teach that you don't need so much to be stylish. And in fact, the less you have. So I try to have those capsules on a regular basis because they do well, but also because it re reiterates that concept of more style, fewer items. I love that. We have another question from Hell Ends. He says, or she, I'm sorry, it's hard for me to see that um, profile picture. Where was most of the traffic coming from and did you constantly have to promote it? Sorry, most of my traffic was coming from um, Facebook until okay. they changed the algorithm. I was getting a lot of traffic from Facebook. And then I saw that well, Pinterest was number two. So I just started focusing on Pinterest when Facebook got crazy. But I, in the past couple of years, I've made a more concentrated effort on focusing on SEO. Um, for many years, I coasted just because I'm in a blog that's been around forever. And so now I'm really trying to work more on going back and um, updating old evergreen content and making more of a effort with um, new content to make Google happy. It's always a good thing to make Google happy. You, you're never going to lose. So right. uh, Sarah Swarthout Wagner says, hello, Theta. Hello. Good to see you. Tara Jacobson says, how many posts do you write a month? I try to write six posts a week. Monday through Saturday, I, I post. Um, occasionally life happens and I might miss one, but it's like Monday through Friday is regular like fashion content with at least one outfit post and one like advice post. And then Saturdays I do something completely different. I call it my weekend reads where I just share interesting things I found on the internet, um, sales that are going on. And I share like a music video of a song that I like that week. So I try to put a little life into, so it's not just all about clothes. It's fantastic. All right, that's a lot of content, Allison. That is, a do you, and you're writing it daily? Is So you're sitting down writing the content on Monday for Monday? Um, I, I sometimes try to have some stuff in the queue that's a little bit more evergreen, and then I have those for like, when I'm working on a really big post, it's taking more than one day or something of that sort. I also oftentimes have like, eight half written posts in Microsoft Word all over my desktop, um, kind of at the ready, kind of finishing them up so that I have them ready. But a lot of times, like, for example, last night, I was on the computer till 11 o'clock trying to get my blog post done for the next day. So it, it really varies. My goal is to be ahead of time and have a few in the hopper at the ready. Um, it doesn't always happen. Okay. Okay. And so with your writing, so you're pretty much, you're practically a journalist in the way that you write and the way that you're having that amount of content and that uh, steadily producing it. So what happens if something happens? What if you aren't able to post? What do you find? Do you find that you have enough? Are you just re-promoting old content? How do you keep things going? I, I will use social to kind of just keep people engaged. Um, my readers are pretty cool that, you know, if I don't post on a Wednesday, they're not going to be like, well, I'm out of here, you know, because <laughs> like, I have so much content. But I have done things like this past um, between Christmas and New Year's. I had my assistants and a couple friends that I think are really great writers and um, content creators create guest posts so I could take a week off. 
a few years ago, I broke my arm and I did the same thing where I had a bunch of guest posters come in and write on my behalf just to keep the content fresh. And I chose people that I knew my audience would appreciate. That's great. Okay, so Lisa Hronick Grant said, hello, back to updating content. Do you republish posts or just update the older ones? Right now I'm just updating the older ones. I have a lot of readers who pride themselves on saying that they've been around since I was blogspot.com and they were there before my daughter was born. And I really treasure the relationships I have with my, my readers and I don't wanna take something from a couple of years ago and republish it. I've toyed with doing that. Like I've done a couple where I'm like, I wrote this in 2008, here's the update 10 years later kind of thing. But I really have, I just kind of update it. I don't republish it. Okay. Okay. That is a lot. Again, I'll say it again. I've said it once. It's a lot of content. I love to write. Oh, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's such a great thing to hear. Okay. Well, how do you stay focused when you're working on your site? And, and we talked about this a little bit. You said you kind of had to do an office hours thing. How do you structure your time with no official or imposed structure other than the one you make for yourself? And how do you set up yourself in a working environment that's healthy for you? Well, I have to say one of the worst things that I did last year, my first year going full time is not working in my office, not working in a workspace. I was like, I have a laptop. I can, I can blog anywhere. I can blog out on the deck on a sunny day and at my couch and this type of thing. And I got so distracted because I do write. I don't just, you know, put up a couple pictures and, you know, sign off. And it was just, it was affecting my content. So I forced myself that by 10 a.m. I am here at this desk and I don't leave this desk till at least 4 p.m. So, I mean, I will, I schedule my lunch, I schedule everything. So it's like, if you look at my calendar, there's blocks of things, even if there's no calls or meetings or anything that day, there's a block of finish this blog post, work on pitching, that type of thing. So it's all scheduled just like it was when it was at my nine to five, that's what I did. And so that's what I'm doing it now. Okay, that's great. Tara Jacobson said, what do you send in your email newsletter? She said, sorry, just so many questions for you. <laughs> that's okay. I Right now, I don't have a newsletter. I'm working on it right now. It should be starting probably next week. I had one um, up until 2017, and then it just got to be too much. Um, I just couldn't. I couldn't keep up with it. So I'm working on it now. Um, I have right now just an RSS where, you know, people can sign up and get every post each day. I want to do like a weekly summary where I have a personal content up at the top that you only get in the newsletter, like a paragraph or two and something special, and then just a recap. So that's what my plan is. But I have, you know, templates set up. So if I do anything special, I can add that in there as well. Okay, Tanya Harris Fleming said, are there any courses or resources you found super helpful in your growth? The two things that probably made the biggest difference was Mediavine. Um, the Mediavine Facebook group is like the most amazing thing. I learn so much because there are so many big bloggers in there that have a very different niche and a very different way of blogging that I learn so much. And that's amazing. The Mediavine blog has taught me a lot too. And then I signed up for, and this is mainly for fashion and lifestyle bloggers, but there's what's called Chloe Digital. And it's a monthly service where they can help you with WordPress support, or you can um, be invited to their VIP program where you have a representative, you have monthly calls that you work together to like get strategies. And that is another thing that is like really good money that I've spent 
while being a blogger. Probably Mediavine and Chloe Digital are the two best things that I've done. So before you quit your job, how did you balance your blog with your job? What did your schedule look like? Because you've talked so much about how you felt like you were, oh. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and I blogged until about seven. And then I like threw on some clothes and went to work listening to podcasts on how to blog the entire way. Prior, the last year of my job, I had a different one. But prior to that, I had a job where I did a lot of webinars and there was a lot of like waiting for things to render or just sitting and listening. And you get to the point where you hear that pause and you know there's something going wrong with the webinar, but there's nothing I had to do. I just had to make sure that things ran smoothly. So I got a little blogging in there. I never left my desk for lunch. I would just blog during my lunch. And then I'd come home and I'd blog for a little bit more, put my kid to bed keep blogging. I really was like from 530 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. And then most of the weekend, I was on a computer. So I didn't have a schedule then it was pretty much like do it when I could. And I had like some weeks I would post five times and some weeks I'd only post twice. It just I did what I could and it worked. So it's good. It sounds like you didn't sleep a lot. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, which is not necessarily a positive thing. Right. <laughs> uh, but now it seems like you've got a much more balanced schedule happening with yourself. I do. I um, I am so much more healthy now. And my relationship with my family is much more healthy. My house is cleaner. <laughs> I get more <laughs> sleep. I now go to a gym. Um, there's things like that that have really changed just because I decided to just make the blog the focus and it be my my profession. And that's so great to hear. And that was actually the next question was going to be, how do you balance full-time blogging with your relationships, with your family, with your friends, with your community, the gym, all of those things? Well, it, it's hard because, because being a, the kind of blogger that I am, I'm part of the brand. So my Instagram stories, it's my life, you know, my photo, it's photos of me on my Instagram. It's my personality. So it's, really trying to find that balance because not everybody in my life wants to be on my Instagram stories. And um, so just really trying to balance it um, and knowing that my quality of life and the quality of life of my loved ones is more important than getting a few more thousand followers somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Tara Jacobson says, OMG, love your site. I am petite over 40, squee, a new favorite. Oh, thank you. So glad. <laughs> okay. So what advice would you give other content creators considering making that leap to full-time blogging? I think it's really important to get your ducks in a row, you know, sit there and realize that the whole, you know, what is going to happen if a year from now you don't have, you make some faux pas and, you know, upset people or do something of that sort. You need to have that security blanket. Um, a lot of people say, you know, have like three months income or six months income. I looked at it that I wanted to be able to have one year where I was only making like the bare minimum from it, but I'd still be able to survive. That's how I kind of looked at it. Like, let's look at like my worst year in the past five years and imagine that that would be today. And so how would I be able to make it? So I kind of looked at it that way. So really have your financial ducks in a row, look for ways for being able to retire, you know, saving up for the future. You need to have health insurance. And I'm glad to know that this year it's a lot cheaper than it was last year. Thanks through the ACA, have the conversation with your loved ones so that they're on board too. 
For sure. Well, that was actually, you keep, you keep jumping the gun. You're getting ahead of my next question. You're too good, too good at this. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about insurance and 401k and all of those traditional securities that you get with a regular job. Uh, how did you handle that now becoming a full-time blogger? Insurance was the thing that scared me the most because I broke my arm in 2014, 2015, something like that. But I ended up having three surgeries and I was in cast for almost a year straight. And after my insurance, I still paid out of pocket over $20,000. And that was horrifying. And the idea, and I didn't do anything except slip on black ice. So it's like nothing that you can do just by saying, so you didn't prevent the right thing. yeah, I mean, it just happened. So that scared me. And that's one reason that it took me so long to go full time. Um, because the worry about insurance. And the first year I was on Cobra because I looked at the ACA, I even hired an insurance broker and I couldn't find anything cheaper um, unless I went with catastrophic care. And knowing from what happened with my arm, I just couldn't do that. So I was on Cobra and then I, again in December when it was open enrollment, I went looked at the ACA and found out that it was surprisingly cheaper. I mean, we're talking hundreds of dollars cheaper per month. So I was able to switch to a plan that was very similar to what I had at my job, but pay a lot less than I did with Cobra. Um, but that was like my number one priority is like before anything else, I had to have insurance for me and my family. As I mentioned before, with my accountant, we've worked together and, you know, started IRAs for both me and my husband. So we do that. And we're talking about doing a retirement account. Um, so little things like that. I have my IRAs for my previous, my 401ks for my previous job rolled over. Yeah, I, I think it's important to like work with your accountant and your and have a financial planner if your CPA isn't also one, um, just to kind of be realistic about things. And this is a place where you don't want to like, go, oh, it's fine. But really seriously think about those types of things, because you have no idea what the future is going to hold. But then also I thought about it. I mean, we're seeing so much right now where people have what they think is secure jobs in corporate America and huge layoffs are happening. So that was another thing that I thought about is that I could have stayed at my job. I was there for a decade and today I could get laid off. So that helped me take the leap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we never know what the future holds. You're absolutely right. So when would you say is a good time to start seriously considering that move to full-time blogging? Is there a specific per session uh, monthly count? Is there a specific amount of traffic or a specific amount of money that you're making? Or what would you say? Does it For vary me, based on niche? I think it really does vary based on niche because I would say mostly for my niche, because it is very different because I know Mediavine is a lot of people who do food and then who do travel. So it is very different for them. Um, for me, it was like I needed to have some consistency since a lot of my income comes from affiliate and sponsor posts. Those can vary so drastically that I wanted to have some like, okay, this is how much I need to be able to survive each month. And I need to make a minimum of this much every month. And I, for me, it was like, okay, six months straight. And we're talking about even like Q1 where things are kind of rough, you know, let's not look at Q4. Let's look at Q1 to you know, one and two. If I can make at least this much each of those months, then I feel like I have some security there and then I can take the next step. Okay. Very smart. So how do you take time off 
for vacations. You you had guest posters and that's how you kind of survived when you broke your arm, which sounds like a nightmare. How do you automate your business so it works while you take a break? Having having people help me and having VAs has really helped. So I have one that I trust to manage my social media. Um, and then I have people whose content I trust to put on my site, but I plan in advance. I say, okay, if I'm going to be off for this period of time, I'm going to bust my butt, you know, a couple weeks beforehand and get some, some stuff in the queue so that it's ready to go and it's scheduled, ready to post. And then if the world, you know, the blog blows up, I have, um, somebody who I trust who is an admin who can help with that as well. And then also having um, Chloe Digital really helps so that they can help if something breaks and I'm like off in another country and I don't have the ability to manage it so that I can contact them and they can help me. So what can I ask what your background is and how you it, you said you you had a lot in wardrobe styling and things like that. Did you have a background in tech and blogging and any of that stuff or you just no, I, I worked in apparel and I got married. I was getting married and I was like, I can't continue this crazy shifts of like working, you know, weekends and holidays and 16 hour shifts. And I was so tech unsavvy that my friend had to help me write a resume in Microsoft Word because I had no idea how to do it. Because when you're working in apparel, you're not sitting in front of a computer all day. And I got my first job in corporate America purely because by chance while doing the interview, somebody walked by the door that I went to college with. And she was like, Allison? And I was like, oh, yes, you know? And so her, she helped me get my foot in the door. And I learned so much at that job. I learned Microsoft Office. And then at the time I was planning my wedding. And back then it was 2003, I made a bio on The Knot and you had to learn HTML to kind of like make a cool looking bio. And oh. so I taught myself HTML because I did so much of that. That's how I got my jobs to move up in corporate America also was just self-taught because I went to college for English literature and women's studies. And it, I did all my papers on a brother word processor. So I definitely didn't learn it back then. Okay, that's great to hear and very inspirational. Uh, okay, so I think we're we're kind of approaching the end of our time here. So I'm going to have one last question for you that I'm going to have you think about, uh, and I'm going to make a couple of announcements before we before we take it. So so my last question would be, what do you say to the naysayers who seem to think that blogging is not a real job? And I'll let you think. You might have your answer on the tip of your tongue for that one. That might be the one that you're just going, let me pounce on it. But before I do, I'm just going to say we've so appreciated having you here. Allison has been absolutely great. We've got a couple of weeks. It's not a full two weeks, but on February, let me make sure I have the right date before I say it out loud. Yes, February 20th. Okay, we have another great live coming up, and it's with Brandy Riley. Is she is with Mama Knows It All. She is absolutely fantastic. We absolutely adore her, and we're going to have a great time having her on the show. And she also is the founder of an incredible group called Courage to Earn, which is a Facebook group that has, I don't even know how many people are in that group at this point. It's so many, so very many that are encouraged to earn. But yes, she is the founder of Courage to Earn the community. She is, oh, I'm sorry, 5,702 members at this point. So that is a Facebook group. And I'm group. one of them. 
And you, I am also one of them. I absolutely adore that group. And I find it so inspirational. So I'm, I'm very excited to have Brandy come in and talk with us. So that's going to be on February 20th, Wednesday, February 20th. It's a day off because I'm going to be traveling to Dad 2.0. I'm excited about doing that in San Antonio. But since I'm going to be traveling, Brandy was kind enough and she has a babysitter. So we're going to be able to work on February 20th. I'll have Brandy here and we're really looking forward to having her with us to talk to her about both her blogging and about establishing an incredible talk about finding your tribe on on Facebook on Facebook groups. So, okay, Allison, tell me a little bit about that answer to the question. To remind everyone what I asked, I said, what would you say to those naysayers, those negative Nellies who say that blogging is not a real job? This house is paid for because of a blog. My car is paid for because of a blog. And I really don't care what you think because I'm happy, my family's happy, and I'm actually pursuing my passion. I love that. So you know what? It's you can. It's, this is an A and B conversation. You can see your way to the door. It doesn't really matter because it's working, and that's incredible. You're making your living off of it. Your house, your car, and we have. I think we have a lot of people who would be happy to say uh, say that's absolutely inaccurate because you can take a look at my life and and see that that is not the truth. Tanya Harris Fleming said yes. I we agree with you. I second the yes. I'm sure there are many people out there who would. If you have any other questions, get them in really quickly before I let Allison go. But we if, if you're a full-time blogger, shout out in the comments for us. We'd love to hear from you. If you're wanting to make the leap to full-time, give us a shout out there too. We are so excited that we have you. That Tara Jacobs had said, thank you so much. So nice meeting you today, Tara. It's been great having you. Thank you for all your great questions. Thank you for sitting with us. Allison, it's been wonderful. I've, I've so enjoyed having you here. You're fabulous. And I want to see you on Teal Talk more. I want to see you speak more because you're fantastic at it and wonderful to have. Thank you so much. I really appreciate having this opportunity. Okay, everybody. Thank you again for your time. And we will see you on February 20th. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine on Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.